Hey, we're going to do something fun tonight, but before we do that, I wanted to do, just do a quick teaching. I know, a quick teaching. The team told me I had five minutes. I kept telling them five-ish minutes. We're going to kind of bring this We Are series to a conclusion, I think. We've been, uh, over the last several weeks, throughout Easter and kind of all of the Pentecost, we've been on this journey of really identifying and defining who we are as a church. Many of you know that uh, we relaunched uh, as a community at Easter and have been Purpose Church ever since. And let me just tell you, God is, come on somebody, to the point where we got Purpose Church bags up here. Look at this. Uh, I can't give this away because there's probably like, you know, 99 miracles, but uh, your problems ain't one. Um, we got all kinds of good stuff happening, but we have been in this season of dis discovering and defining who we are as a church. And tonight we're going to talk about the subject, we are called to serve one another. I want to state this very clearly that for some of you, you are on the journey of healing and reconciliation. That is okay. For as, for as often as we say it, it will always be true. This will forever be a hospital for sick people. But here's the truth is that so long as you keep showing up, eventually what will happen is you will start to get healthy. And before long, God will give you a gift in which he's trusted you to use in a way that would help others get healthy as well. So what we're really doing is we're clearing out the ER so that more people can come in and get healing and miracle and purpose and a sense of belonging and community like you once had. And oh, by the way, that happened simply because you've gotten whole and now you're creating a hole for somebody else to fill. Amen. That was a poet and didn't even know it. So turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter chapter 4. Verse Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. If you don't have your Bibles, uh, I'm not going to call you out, but you can always follow along on the screen. It's always good to have a Bible. Let me tell you, there is a digital Bible I love for sure, but there's nothing like having a Bible. And I do have mine just so you're not sitting here going, man, he's such a judger. It's easy to get distracted here. It is not there. And if you're going to get distracted, get distracted for the right reasons. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. Everybody there? If you're there, say, come on, somebody. Chapter 4, uh, verse 7 says this, the end of all things is near. Go ahead and underline that. You're like, wow, this is really starting out well. <laughs> this is such good news, y'all. Therefore... Be alert and sober-minded so that you may pray, above all, love each other deeply. There seems to be a theme for us as a church, isn't there? That there is something greater even still for us to do, and that is to always think through everything we do through the filter of love. Peter himself, who we know is one of the disciples of Jesus, if not one of the most important disciples in all of Jesus' tribe, he simply says, even love deeply or deeper, because love covers a multitude of sins. It's interesting. Love covers sins, not anything else. That was free. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Why? Because the early church didn't have church buildings to meet in. So it says to, to use your home because that's where they met and activate the gift of hospitality. In other words, don't do it begrudgingly. Don't do it grumbling. Don't do it whining and complaining. I can't believe they're coming over again. I wish they would just find somebody else's house to go to. No, open your homes and open your doors. As a matter of fact, imagine your table as an ER table. Oh, I'm just getting started. 
I told, I told him five-ish minutes. I'm already four and a half in. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received. This is important for us as a community, okay? If you want a passage of Scripture that is key and hallmark to us as Purpose Church, this is one of them. 1 Peter 4 and 10, this is what he says. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Circle gifts, underline faithful stewards. Verse 11 says, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that on all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. So not only is Peter encouraging us, he's praying over us. I want to talk to you for just a few moments from the subject matter of we are called to be faithful stewards. We are called to serve, to be faithful stewards of God's grace in all of its various forms. That's what we're called to be faithful stewards of, of God's grace in all of its various forms. We are called to faithfully steward whatever gift he has given us. I want to come back to that word gift for just a moment because it's important for us to understand. Anybody ever heard charismatic before? or charisma, or charis, that's all that that word means. It is the Greek word for gift, charisma, a a gift of grace. It is a free gift which you did nothing to earn. It's like Christmas morning every day. Come on, somebody, that is worth celebrating. Properly, the operation of grace or divine favor. It is a grace endowment to edify the church. Very simply, it is a spiritual gift. And so I want to bring your attention quickly back to verse 7. The end of all things is near. You're like, man, here we go again. I thought we got past that. You see, this is probably one of the most provoking passages of Scripture in all of the New Testament simply because it's created so much confusion that literally has scholars and theologians chasing their tail trying to figure out what it was Peter was referring to. And very simply, one of the foremost conclusions around this text was simply that Peter was saying that life is fragile and the end of it is nearer than it is at the beginning. In other words, that you and I only have a short amount of time here on earth. There is only a certain number of hours in a day. There is only a certain number of years in a lifespan. And we are nearer to the end than we are to the beginning. And so therefore, we have to understand that while we are here, we cannot live selfishly, but we have to live faithfully stewarding every gift that we have been given in a way that would glorify whom? Not myself, not you, not me, or anyone else in between, but Jesus himself. I thought that was going to hit a little bit harder than it did, but maybe you're just pondering what it was I just said. Therefore, in the limited time we have, let's be people who are alert, he says. If the end of all things is near, then let's be a people who are alert. Let's be sober-minded. 
Let's not participate in any activity that would cause us to be confused or, or completely disconnected or unable to respond or to serve the needs of those around us. Listen, I, I enjoy an adult beverage from now and every now and again. I do. It happens. But I will tell you this. I will never, as your pastor, put myself in a position that if you were to call me in a time of need, I couldn't drop everything and make it to you safely. That's what Peter's saying. Don't do anything to impair your thoughts, your mind, your ability to respond or to use your gift as a faithful steward to serve one another. People of prayer. Let's be a people of prayer with deep love for each other. Let's be a people who faithfully steward and use whatever gift. They are all important. We're going to talk about those in just a few moments. To serve others. If you have been given a word that honors God and edifies his people, speak up. Share it. The world needs a little bit more encouragement these days. Guess what? You might be the very encouragement that God wants to use in a time where the person needs to hear it the most, and you just go, well, that's pastor's job, not mine. Mm -mm. Nope. Nope. I probably don't even know the person. Speak it. If you have a heart to serve here, there, or anywhere in between, serve. You might be wondering, well, how do I know what my gift is? Well, there is an assessment because there's an assessment for everything, right? And if you want to take that assessment, see your D group leader and we'll help you take it. But just simply, this is the, this is the formula. See a need, fill a need. It's been one of my life mottos. See a need, fill a need. You know what I've discovered along the way? That God's given me some gifts. And more so, he's given me some opportunities to build relationships with people and to impart to people and to be available to people and to show up for people in their greatest time of need. And I didn't even know. I just saw them and thought, oh, they look fun. I want to go talk to them. And little did I know, it turns out to be one of the life-transforming relationships of my life and yet theirs as well. Here in need... Respond to it. If your heart stirs for somebody, do something about it. See a need, fill a need. See a need, fill a need. That's how we start learning about our gifts. It could be something as simple as like, I want a coffee. Maybe there's some other people that want coffee. So now you start making coffees every Sunday. I call out Jason all the time, but that was simply what it was. Hey, I'd like to have an Americano. Cool. You want to learn how to make one? Yeah. Guess what? All of a sudden, the line for the Americanos is a lot longer than the drip line. All of a sudden. <laughs> See a need, fill a need. You might be sitting in the back watching people walk in and go, oh, they look uncomfortable. They're not sure where to sit. Guess what? You saw the need. Get up and help them find a seat. That's okay. No one's going to slap you on the hand. And if they do, tell them to come see me on Tuesday in my office and I'll slap them in the back of the hand. See a need, fill a need. You might see some trash on the way in and you're like, oh, I bet you they have a janitorial service for that. No, we don't. We don't have one of those at all. And if you saw it, God gave you his eyes to see that little detail and he wants to encourage you right now. Pick it up and throw it away. Heck, you know what you can do after church is take all the trash to the trash can outside. Elise would appreciate it. But you know, here's cool. what's even cooler about that is there might be somebody at your workplace that you see is struggling. They may be disconnected. They may be having a bad day. They may be having a bad year. Maybe all you need to do is just start including them in your prayer every morning. Maybe you just go out of the way and reach out to them and say, hey, man, you're doing good. Let's have lunch. Really? Yeah. Who knows? It could be the difference between life and death. 
You see, it's not just about serving here. It's about recognizing that God has placed something on the inside of you that might benefit one another here, but it will also benefit one another everywhere. See a need, fill a need. Why is that important? Because that's what Paul is teaching us in his letter to the Romans. If we turn real quickly to Romans 12, verses 3 through 8, he says this. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, Paul says, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. I'm just speaking out of myself, to be honest with you, because I have a tendency sometimes to think I'm better than I am. Am I the only one? Cool. Pray for your pastor then. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us, not the world. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts, different charismas for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is, is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. You see, everything God has for us and everything that he has given us is good for us. And he's calling us to, to use it as faithful stewards. I heard this earlier this week, and it bears repeating. I can't remember who said it, so I can't quote them. So if any of you want to take credit for it, it's up in the air for grabs. No one receives these gifts, spiritual or temporal, as his own. He is but a steward. And when he offers them to the church, it is not as a benefactor, but as a servant. In other words, it is their ministry. My favorite theologian, William Barclay, says this, the church, the body of Christ, needs every gift that man has. It may be a gift of speaking, of music, of the ability to visit people. It may be a craft or skill which can be used in, a, in the practical service of the church. It may be a house with which man possesses or money which he has inherited. There is no gift which cannot be placed at the service of Jesus Christ. It is my personal belief, and I'm going to invite some of our team up as I get ready to transition us into a little bit of a purpose talk. And so as I sh share these next few thoughts, why don't I invite uh, my beautiful wife, Elise, Steve, and Tyra up. What did I say? My beautiful wife, Elise. Make no mistake, this is my wife. This is my assistant. Just to be clear. Elise is way out of my league anyway. And if any of you single guys have half a brain, she's out of yours too, so don't even trip. I believe that there is a new grace and a sense of purpose coming over the church again. Only if all church people, if all followers of Jesus would cease doing things for themselves or living life for ourselves, and if we'd start doing them for the glory of God. In other words, is what I'm doing self-serving 
or glorifying my Father in heaven. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10 and 31. He says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all for the glory of God. And so tonight I wanted to take a couple moments uh, to uh, allow for you to hear from some of our incredible team and kind of twofold. One, as we are uh, building and growing and uh, looking for ways to continue to influence and uh, help people to know Jesus and discover their purpose, sometimes it's good to put faces with names and names with faces. Uh, but also because I wanted you to hear their testimonies. I know each of them personally. I know them deeply. But I also know that sometimes the best way to experience transformation is to hear how God has transformed somebody else's life by way of service to the kingdom and to the body of Christ. And so I've invited a few of my friends. Obviously, you know my wife. She is no stranger. She's the queen of our home. And she is uh, actually now serving as our kids pastor over Purpose Kids, recently transitioned into that role. And so if you ever want to know what's going on in our kids or you want to serve or be involved, you can see her. Uh, this is our incredible uh, Elise. She is literally an angel from heaven. I'm not exactly sure how much longer we have her on loan. I'm sure God will send her somewhere else. Uh, I'm not prophesying that. Uh, I'm trying to shut it down, but um, she, is, uh, she is literally an angel. And... Um, and she's in Elise form. Um, and she uh, oversees our hospitality team, which uh, is everything from the parking lot to here and back, essentially cafe, auditorium. But she also is our business manager. She serves on our board and she's also my assistant. So pray for her. Um, pray for me, actually. She bosses me around. Why do I always say pray for her? You should pray for me. You know what I got to do with? Uh, this is Tyra and her husband Shane oversee our production team and Tyra and Shane are an absolute gift. The story and the history that we have with both of them is unique and beautiful and wonderful. Uh, and then obviously you know this gentleman. Um, he is uh, our worship leader and uh, is doing just a, an incredible job in this new season. He's, he's taken that post uh, at the beginning of this year and is just doing a fantastic job. Him and his wife Amy who is up here. Stephen Amy Burkholder. So here's the question that I have for you and Elise guess what? You get to start. Thank you. I, I wanted to know, as we're talking about using our gifts to serve one another, and uh, obviously uh, your story is beautiful and unique, and we don't necessarily have all night to go into it, but um, very high level, uh, when you came to us, um, something really radical happened for you and kind of transformed your whole life. Um, and so maybe take us back to the beginning of that point where, where serving in the church wasn't just about serving, but it was kind of the crux for where you are now and the role that you're in today. Okay. Um, thank you for listening to me tonight. I want to say that it starts with an envelope. And this is the envelope that is staying in my garage. Um, and I'll get into what this envelope represents, but I want to give you a little background. Um, in 2014, um, I made this church my home church um, because my good friend kept asking me, hey, let's go to church. Let's go to church. Let's go to church. So she wore me down. I came to church. <laughs> so, and I, she would walk in the door and she knew everybody. And so I just kind of sneak in, kind of stand around going, don't talk to me. <laughs> but people did. And I was thankful for it, that they did that for me. So as we start going on, 
um, I start attending Bible studies. And at that time period, a lot of them were in the mornings. So I remember taking one, and it was called, um, <laughs> oh, um, oh, that one. Rooted oh. and Grounded, Rooted and Grounded. So it was just one of those, I take, I've taken so many that just kind of, uh, it, it left me, I'm so sorry. Um, anyway, part of that was you took your gifts assessment. And so not surprisingly for me, it was high on administration, leadership helps. And so, but taking it, I was like, hey, you know, I did this in my professional life, I'm good at it, but in a church, they're not gonna want me to do that stuff. Mm. You know, I just don't have those skills for a church. Mm. I don't have enough background. Mm. Um, you know, I was, you know, I believed in Jesus, I was baptized. We went to a lot of Christmas and Easter services. <laughs> Only. <laughs> Only. Oh, sorry. Yes. See ya. And, um, but I'm going, you know, I just don't have the experience. So as we keep going on, um, pretty soon thereafter, um, Pastor Aaron and Katie came and or were a lead. Um, pastors. So pretty soon after that, Pastor Katie came to me and she said, hey, I need help. And she said, can you make the deposits for me? I said, sure. I said, that's easy. I work from home, um, but Banquo is a mile down the street. I could walk it, but I didn't because <laughs> I just don't do that. So, but it was cool. It was no big deal. I mean, that just started off. And so back then we had a ton of cash and checks. So people would go and they would count it and they would put it in this envelope and then they would come and hand it to me before, after service is over. So that's how this started. So we keep on going on. We walked and rolled and did that. I served in kids' nursery. Bless you people. Um, and in hospitality. So I kept serving there. And then in 2016, um, Pastor Aaron said, hey, would you love to come to a staff meeting just to see what we do? I'm going, well, yeah, that would be great. I would appreciate that. So we were just going through normal staff meeting, and I'm listening from a corporate ear. And so something was posed, some question about how we do something. I don't exactly remember. But I just remember coming up with an answer because it was so natural just that it comes out. And all of a sudden, Amy turned around and she said, can we keep her? <laughs> and I wanted to say, you know, coming from that not feeling worthy of being in the church, that broke, that little grip on my heart wow. to give me some purpose. That's very good. So very good. going forward into 2016, um, we were going to go through a corporate restructure. And Pastor Aaron and Katie asked me to actually step up and take on more responsibility. And I said, sure, I'd be happy to. Because it's just my background. What they were asking me to do is more of my background. Wait a minute, let me think about that. You know, I don't think they asked. I think they just told me this is what I was going to do. <laughs> I liked it better when you said that I asked. <laughs> Makes me sound like a nicer guy. Well, I remember Pastor Katie said, did you tell her? <laughs> and I was like, 
But that didn't deter me. I knew what was in his heart and what they wanted me to do. So I took that on. So um, it was, it was, again, feeling the unworthiness to going to feeling a little bit more worthy to moving up in a position of what I did yeah. and with these people supporting me yeah. was just everything to me. Can I interrupt you for a second? Because yes. there's another part of your story that if you would be so courageous enough to share. Sure. Your corporate background was awesome, obviously, but you went through a pretty significant life change at that season as well, which I think is also why this season that you're in now is so amazing because of what God's grace was able to do for you when you just kept saying yes. So would you, would you just sure. take a moment to share that? Well, when I started coming in 2014, um, my husband had just passed away. And he was very scared that I would stay in my house because I love my house. I love to read. And he was very scared that I would become a hermit mm. and just kind of fold into myself. So when my friend encouraged me to come, that was, it was like, it was like a awakening mm. um, and just got me into a different place that I could surround myself with good, godly people yeah. that loved me and that cared about me. Yeah, very good. So that's how that 2014 started and why my friend brought me. Yeah. So, um, so it gave me it gave me purpose. It gave me to get out of that house and give me something to do. Yeah. So. So basically. Again, like I was saying, everything I do here is what I did professionally. Because um, I had lots of different roles. I worked for big corporations. So I was just pleased to be able to come here and do the same thing for them. I am learning a lot, <laughs> a lot. Um, you know, we can start out with even, you know, operations from a nonprofit standpoint. Um, because Pastor Aaron called me one afternoon. I love to research stuff. I search it up, because so I'm borrowing a term, I search it up. So he called and he said, what you doing? And I know he's just, you know, he always calls and say, what you doing? How you feeling today? What are you doing? And I said, I'm reading IRS schedule number 4250. And he's going, what? He said, a little light that. reading, people, a little light reading. Have fun with that. Yeah, a little light reading. But really what this has done for me is really opened up community for me. Yeah, that's good. It's um, shown me that I do have connection. Mm. Um, and let me just give you a few examples. When we had the pandemic, you know, everybody in my neighborhood, we shut down. It's like we didn't go out the door. But then start things loosening up. So every Friday night, we had a group of people that took their chairs to the cul-de-sac. We sat around and had a favorite beverage, maybe a snack. A lady came out and she would play classical guitar. Wow. And in, in many instances, I was able to talk about what I did mm. as my church life. Wow. And I don't know if I really helped anybody, but I'm, I'm hoping that I did. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And the last part of this is that I'm doing things now that I never thought I could do. And one of the main things, which is just a, a God-given speaking into my world is being able to pray for people. Yeah. Um, it's not something I, could, I thought I could do those years ago. Yeah. 
and I'll just one more example is my friend across the street. She's Jewish. When we were talking about she was trying to quit smoking and not gain weight. And <laughs> I said, well, I should have Pastor Aaron come over and lay hands on you and pray over you. And she knows Aaron, so it's, it's all good. And then I looked at myself, I looked at her, and I said, you know, I can do that. Come on. And I sat there in the middle of our street. Come on. And Very we good. prayed on. for her to quit smoking awesome, and not Lise. gain weight. That's awesome. And so far, so good. Come on. That's awesome. In Jesus' name. So, so what's your tagline? It only takes an envelope. It only takes an envelope. It only takes an envelope. All that from an envelope. Yes. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Thank you, Lise. You're welcome. Um, so, Tyra, I'm going to kind of just dissect your story for you in just a second because you have a beautiful story. And one of the things that really spoke to me when you were sharing your response to my question was um, how you showing up and starting to serve actually brought a great deal of healing to you. Could we just really quickly give them a, a glimpse of what that what that was and then what's what what has kind of come from that season of healing for you yeah i know there's different layers to my story or a lot of layers so i'll try <laughs> to get high level um but what he's uh referencing is um when i first walked into the church in 2015 and and at the time i didn't realize that it was right after you guys had taken over mm -hmm. the campus um but i walked in um i was hurt um years before I had uh, walked away from God and from the church. Um, oh, I'm just crying. I'll cry with you. <laughs> um, I was without my son, unwillingly. And at that time, I didn't know I had a huge fight mm. um, to getting him back at that time. Um, that's another story for another time. If you want to hear that full story, see me after church. <laughs> but um, I just remember coming here and being with, um, being in the service and loving the worship, and I was able to um, be introduced to Miss Sally because she was over worship at the time, and um, she just told me to show up, and so I showed up, and I think. Once I started to write this out, I realized, I don't think I realized how hurt and broken I was at the time. Mm. Um, you don't realize, I think, as you're walking through things, because you try to hide it. Yeah. And um, Pastor Aaron, you said this to me once before, um, sometimes when we're going through things, we're not confident enough to share it. Mm. And so then we try to hide it and, and mask it. Mm. And so I think at that time when I walked in, I was like, oh, everything's fine. <laughs> um, but it wasn't. Right. <laughs> um, but by me just showing up and being a part of worship and just learning the songs and working on harmonizations and later um, seeing Berkey and having him um, uh, Ber yeah, yeah. So this is Berkey, um, but having <laughs> going uh, through his vocal uh, classes and and that that was a part of my journey, mm. and that um, really just I guess let me say it this way: I realized that by me worshiping and going through all of those steps, that was a, my form of worship, and then I was able to spiritually heal, spiritually get stronger as I was going through that pro whole process. Wow. Um, and so I walked in without a child. 
Um, and then years later, now I have three kids, <laughs> my own, uh, my, my son with my, my husband, Shane, and then uh, our beautiful, well, his daughter with my stepdaughter, uh, Jordan. But just going through that and, and not knowing in 2015 that I would have all of that just, wow. from, just from serving. Wow. Um, that's amazing. I'm like, I know there's a lot more I wanted to say, but I think that was like high level. No, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think uh, there's, so, there's something beautiful about service sometimes in relation to how it can bring healing. Um, mm-hmm. And even when you don't know you're being healed, right? Yeah. You just put your hand up and make yourself available. And sometimes it's actually uh, where the greatest healing actually begins and takes place. And I know for me, that's been without a question, um, a reality and a truth. Um, and so I'm just, I'm proud of you. I'm, ama- I'm, I'm so amazed by your, your grit, uh, your determination. And I would say her son, quite honestly, if he's in the room, was quite honestly um, a little hellion. I mean, if we're being honest. And now he's literally like uh, the mascot of the church. I mean, he sets up more on a Sunday than we can get any of the team to set up because he's here before everyone else. He's like first in, last out every week. Um, and he's just an absolute angel and, and every, and I mean that, uh, he is an absolute gift. And I think it's a byproduct of when you, when you put your feet in the soil somewhere and you get planted, the healing that can come and the growth that can come. And obviously we know the story about your husband and, um, more people can ask that, but I just love to see what God's doing. And then little Gideon, who's back there cheering on his mom, uh, <laughs> little G, uh, thank you, Tara. Uh, Steve, so you, uh, have Let me just tell you really quickly about Steve and Amy. C3, uh, which is the global family of churches that we're a part of, uh, started in Atlanta in 1996 in his uh, in-laws living room. So in case you're wondering like the history of C3, he's probably got all the history that you need. I've got a little bit, but he's got it all. So to say they've been around, they've seen it, they've, they've experienced it, they've withstood, They've remained, they've, uh, they've had every chance to pack it in and run for the hills, and I encouraged them a couple times to do so, um, and they didn't, um, and the testament of that, and yet even still, all of that time, I never saw you as a worship pastor until this year. And so can you just maybe quickly tell us a little bit about that journey and that story for you and how that's transpired? Uh, the reason he didn't see me as a worship pastor is I didn't see myself as one. Um, what serving has done for me is it's helped me see things that I didn't think I could do. Um, and honestly, in, a, in and of myself, I can't do them. I am not someone who is a natural born leader. Um, I'm not, I'm actually shy. Uh, I really am. Um, but, but with God, all things are possible. With him, he can take a mustard seed of inspiration and turn it into the most beautiful plant or the most beautiful song or the wow. most beautiful psalm, which is where I'm living right now in the psalms. It's awesome. Um, but the thing about serving for me is it's trickled into every piece of my life. Wow. It's, I'm leading my family, mm. which I haven't always been the best family leader. Mm. Uh, I'm leading strong, and she'll, she'll tell you that. Um, uh, I'm leading... My business, Amy and I, um, we, we teach private lessons, and um, we've done it forever, but we always worked under somebody else's shadow or under somebody that was covering. And a while ago, we, we kind of did it on our own, but we were still under their 
under their yoke. But then at the beginning of COVID, um, they basically said, oh, you can't work here anymore unless, you, unless we pay you a pittance and you gotta basically go broke, still doing the same job. I'm like, um, no, we're not gonna do that. And through the encouragement I've had through all these years from all of these worship pastors and all these pastors and all these friends, Amy and I decided to go for it and he blessed us and is continually yeah. blessing us. So mm. um, the, the miracles I've seen in my own life and in all of your lives have been absolutely um, life-changing for me and my faith. Um, faith hasn't always been easy for me until recently. Um, and I'm just dumb enough that if he says it, I believe it. Come on. That's and that really comes good. from all of those hours behind that keyboard, singing all these words of faith playing all these chords under all these songs that have faith built into them. And for me, it just, it planted a seed that finally took root. Mm. It took a long time yeah. and, and that's okay. Yeah. God's timing is perfect. And he has me in a place where I feel enabled. Mm. I feel capable. I feel supported. Mm. I feel encouraged and I feel a purpose. Very good. And Took a long time to find my purpose, but I finally found it. Come on, that's awesome. Oh, you okay? <laughs> I think I want to say this real quickly, and then I'm gonna maybe let you kind of okay. close this out with your bit of your story. Uh, I was talking to Jason about this very thing actually earlier today. That, um, and I want to reiterate the importance of this. That showing up to serve uh, doesn't mean you have to, you get a permission to neglect your home. Uh, and I think Steve is a living example of that. The reason why I could never see that and the reason why he never saw it is because he was, and, and, he, would, and he just said this, and I can say this probably without getting backhanded later, um, he wasn't doing that all the time. He wasn't leading at home well. There was times where he didn't feel worthy of leading at home. He didn't feel like he was equipped or capable of leading at home. And I think it's not until we get a revelation of who Jesus is and we grow in our relationship with him as our father that he begins to reveal who we are as his sons and as his daughters and what he's equipped and prepared us to do so i want to be very uh, i want to be very cognizant i'm not afraid to tackle hard subjects but i'm also very clear that uh, this isn't a rob peter to pay paul situation this is about prioritizing the things that god has called us to 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 honor and to love with all of our heart and that is him first and our ourselves second and our first neighbor third and our first neighbor if you're married is your spouse your the next neighbor is your children and so let's start there. Let's start serving there. Let's using our gifts that God has for us or has given us to serve not only our, our Lord, but also ourselves and our, and, our, and our families and our neighbors. And then we'll see where God would have us to go next in relation to how we show up to serve one another the way that we're talking about in this manner. Um, and I just want to commend you for that because I've seen it. I've, I've, been, a, a, I've been able to sit on the sidelines and yeah. watch and yeah. witness you grow and blossom as a leader and one who I am going to constantly promote and constantly encourage because your voice matters, your influence matters, your love and your grace, your compassion, your way of seeing things and responding to things yeah. matters. Um, and I, will, I, won't, I won't rest until you fulfill all that God has for you in Jesus' name. Baby, so share just quickly a little bit of your and our journey, maybe your more Serving your journey. Serving story? Yeah. Sorry, it's just my story today. 
talk about you, girl. I shared a little bit of us during offering message. Um, okay, so I don't know what all of you know, so in a nutshell, I am a church kid. Um, since the age of eight, I have grown up in church. Um, started out in the Methodist church where everyone was old enough to be my grandparents, and I wanted to sing in the choir, and so they let me. Uh, and I was up there with everyone who, to me, probably looked like Abraham. And, uh, <laughs> but I wore my robe and the little thing every week, and I was pumped. And you know what? They never told me no. They never made me feel like I was too young to be there. They always included me. And so I think from that point, um, something just was instilled in me. I loved being in God's house. Um, and then growing up, my dad became an on-staff pastor at our church. So then I was kind of like the pastor's kid. Um, and I just loved it. I loved being in church. You know, there was times that it was like, oh, you're a church kid. And I'm like, yep, sign me up. I had the airbrush t-shirt. Like we did the Carmen mime. Anything you can think of. I dated myself a little bit, I know. But like I was a church kid. Uh, and I just wanted to be a part. So whether that was being in worship, helping in the kids, showing up to youth group, um, you know, Back then it was you had church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then every once in a while you had a Friday night, you know, like Holy Spirit worship service. And I was like, I want to be there. I want to be there every time the door is open. What can I do to help set up? Um, and I don't know why. I just wanted to. Yeah. Um, and I would say in all of that, wanting to be at the house, going unguided, uh, not necessarily wrong, but I had this skewed perception of what serving was. And it wasn't that I had a wrong perception or that I had um, you know, something that was unhealthy. I just was never taught, I think, what serving was, that, that we had been given these gifts that we could serve with. Um, and so I think in my own way, I was finding my, my way by serving in every area and just kind of like, well, wherever I can be, I want to be there. And then, you know, there'd be times that, oh, no, well, you can't serve here. And I was crushed because the church didn't want me. And that wasn't it. But that's what I took. Um, and so I think it wasn't really until my 20s, we were married, um, yeah, that we were. We, we were uh, that I discovered spiritual gifts assessments, you know, or just that we had these gifts outside of the five or six that we just talked about in the New Testament um, that God had given us to serve with. Uh, I think I had this perception that for you to really matter to God, for you to be like a planet shaker, world changer, whatever, you had to be someone up there preaching, teaching, leading worship, prophesying. And, you know, it was like all these other things just kind of happened. And if you were doing all these other things, you just had this like minimal kind of use to the kingdom. You had to have these like larger than life, um, what did I call them, big time players. You know, like I was on the sidelines wishing that I could be this big time player. But what God was trying to say to me was that these big time players need other big time players to make all of this happen. And so I discovered, you know, like Aaron said, there's assessments we can share with you. Like they'll help point things out. But the thing is, these assessments are already pointing out the things that come natural to us. But what I love about them is sometimes they just draw our attention to it, right? Because we might go, oh, setting up my house and letting you come over. Well, that just seems natural. That's not really like a gift that God would want to use, is it? 
Yes, there's people who hate having other people over to their house. You're messing up my stuff. Don't come in my house. That's not me. But there's other people that don't love having people over. They're, they don't love hosting and cooking and, and, and welcoming you in. That is a gift that God has given you. So I discovered along the way that I had the gift of administration. That doesn't sound like anything fancy at all at all. I just, just realized I was this person who was organized and I liked to help other people be organized and coordinate things and plan things and set things up and I didn't necessarily know how to make all the pieces work but I'd figure it out. And so I started to get asked to help to do things and, and I remember one time uh, a leader said to me, man I just love that you have the gift of administration and I was like that's, that's one. Do I have to have that one? Like, can I get a flashy one? Where do they give them out? Is there like a vending machine that I can choose another one? Do we choose these? Uh, and you know, I fought it for a long time. I really fought it for a long time. I didn't want to um, feel like the only thing I would ever amount to is someone who is good at coordinating things. The only thing that I would ever do for God is, you know, be able to make a spreadsheet. And now I am grateful for people who make spreadsheets. But when I just said, you know what, God, it's the thing that I have. It's the thing I know how to do and I have time to do it. Who can I help? How can I help you? He started to put me in places where it was really needed. And when I did it with joy and I said, you know what, God, maybe all I will ever do is make this spreadsheet. I started to feel joyful about it. And I felt like, man, I'm contributing to this. And I started to see that these guys are able to shine and do what they're doing because everyone else is doing what they're doing. So it's not about this person who gets to be on the platform every week. It's really about how do we all collectively serve one another. Yeah. It's not even about how do we serve making the service happen. Right. It's how do we use our gifts to help each other, yeah. to serve one another. I can make a spreadsheet for something else. Who knows? I don't know. but. What are things that I can do that I can put my hand to? So like I said, there are things that already come naturally to us. They are mine, but they're not for me. They are my gifts, but they're not for me. And we're not ever gonna feel ready when we start using them. We're gonna feel like, I can make a spreadsheet, and then someone's gonna say, great, can you build me a budget spreadsheet for you know, projecting out global um, budgets for you know whatever year and you're like no yes I can but when we say yes to God he always finds ways to fill the gaps so here's what I love we're not ever really ready to use our gifts because we have to stay reliant on him so we have to go I can make a spreadsheet Lord or I can do whatever but he still wants us to lean in and trust that he's gonna fill that space so using my gifts has taken me places just like Elise said has taken me places I would have never thought imagined I would have never imagined you want me to stop I got more. go for it okay so I said yes to a church plant on the other side of the country I said yes to coordinating global conferences. I said yes to overseeing a startup and running a performing arts center. I didn't know what I was doing. I said yes to managing a fitness center. All of these yeses were building blocks to other gifts. Every time I said yes, God started to deposit or build another gift inside of me. I would have never thought that I would be sitting up here talking to people, not, not I'm not not nervous, but I'm not petrified. 
I would have never thought that I would be doing what I'm doing today, but I said yes. So, stewarding well the gift that God has given us opens the door for more gifts to follow. Okay, that's awesome. That's I was waiting for the batted eyes, because that's normally when you tell me you're done. That's it. <laughs> Come on, thank you guys so much for sharing and yes. being vulnerable. I, I wanted to just kind of bring this thought to a close. Um, all of you shared your hearts and your stories, and what's most important is that each of you have a purpose story. And my hope and my prayer is that somewhere along the lines of tonight, God spoke something to you. He stirred something in you, maybe even helped you re reveal a gift to you that you didn't even know you had. And sometimes it just starts with simply saying yes. Sometimes it's seeing whatever the need is and just starting to do it and not looking to, to be promoted or looking to get a pat on the back from any one person in the room, but just trust that God sees it. You see, there's this saying that uh, often you might hear about a person or a group of people like he's very charismatic or that's a very charismatic church. And once upon a time, that was very looked down on. It was very shamed. Um, and if I was being quite honest with you, I would actually, with all my heart, like to be identified as a church that is charismatic. Because what it tells me is that we are a people that are faithfully stewarding every gift that he's given to us. And we're recognizing that all the gifts matter and every person who God calls matters in the body of Christ. That's what Paul was trying to teach in Romans. That's what Peter was trying to teach in 1 Peter is that we each matter. We each have a gift. And when that time is right and when, that, when those eyes are awakened and those ears are opened and that heart is softened to the gift that God has for you, my encouragement to you is simply just lean in. It may not make sense. It may be uncomfortable. It may be awkward. But I promise you, it will take you on the ride of your life. And as Pastor Katie just shared a very glimpse of the journey it's taken her on, I got to be a part of every moment of that journey. And I believe that's what's most beautiful is that God will prepare us, he will ready us, and he will unite us together as the body of Christ. That's absolutely so I want to just ask us to stand. Thank you guys so much. You can quietly exit stage left or right, whichever stage is closer for you. And I just want to say this. If, if you're here tonight and you're like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what it means to have a spiritual gift. I don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. That's okay. You're in the right place. You showed up. But if I could just encourage you tonight, if you are here and you're like, man, I, I, I do feel like I have some gifts, but I'm not exactly sure how to start using them more. Or I'm hungry for more and I'm ready for God to begin to reveal himself to me and begin to show himself to me. Or maybe I have been living selfishly. I've got these gifts, but I've been selfish with them. I haven't faithfully stewarded them. I've kind of tucked them away in a little box, and I haven't opened that box in a long time because maybe I've been hurt, or maybe I was discouraged. Maybe like Pastor Katie, you're like, really, administration? Could I get a different one? Wherever it is that you might find yourself in this moment, my prayer is that by the way of the Holy Spirit, it would begin to minister to your heart and to your soul. It began to awaken you to the realities and the possibilities that God does love you and he does have a plan and a purpose for you and he does have use of you. Not probably in the way that you would like or think or even imagine, but in a way that would bring so much joy and so much hope and so much purpose than you could ever dream or imagine. So tonight, I just want to encourage you, if that's you, I'm going to close this in prayer. Just extend your hands to heaven. Whatever it is, Wherever it is, however you feel about this moment, I just pray that your response would just simply, Lord, I'm not sure, but I'm ready. God, I have gifts. Show me how to use them. I've been neglecting my gifts. Help me to start using them the way that you've called me to use them. Wherever you fall in that spectrum, I just pray that a fresh wind would just breathe through this place. 
and it would heal, it would restore, it would awaken, it would reveal, it would show, it would draw you than you've ever been before to the presence of God, to, to the purposes of God. And like Sally said earlier, you would call out for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit over your life in a way that would bring healing, that would bring clarity, that would bring hope, that would bring purpose. So Father, have your way in our life. Let us be a people who faithfully steward the gifts that you've given us. Let us be a people that are known as charismatic because we steward them in a way that would glorify you and would serve others. But also let us each recognize our place and our purpose, that we matter, that we have a purpose, that it is not for some, it's for all. And let all feel your presence here afresh. Let it activate us into service. Father, but more importantly to you. Father, we honor you. We glorify you. We, we give you all the praise because you're worthy of it. And I thank you for all that you've done here tonight. And I ask that you would continue the work tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and every day going forward as we prepare ourselves for this next season as a church. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey.